Let's go to the Lord again in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, hallowed be thy name. We thank you again for the blessing to assemble together and worship in this capacity. And even with the advancement of technology that we can also do it through our phones. And I pray, my God, that you would manifest your presence to all who hear, not only as we are live at this time, but even those who will hear later through the electronic medias. We know that unless you take thy word and apply it to the heart, it is just that, so many words. But we also know that thy word will find lodging in the hearts of your people who have been called out of darkness into your marvelous light. And we thank you that in either case, we are either a savour of life unto life or death unto death. But either way, we are a sweet savour unto the Lord, provided that we are indeed teaching and preaching the truth of thy word. Again, we pray that you would be with faithful men. And our God, whether they be in Russia or in the Ukraine or in other countries where persecution is going on, we ask that you would be with your people and bless them and sustain them and strengthen them by your grace and power. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We come back to Galatians chapter 2. We've been, as we've been going through this, we have, we looked last Lord's Day uh, at uh, verses down through verse 15, and we want to take up the section, verses 16 through the end of the chapter. And I don't think we'll get through with it this morning. I really don't think we'll get through with it. That's all we want to bring out today, but I want to read those verses. Galatians 16, excuse me, Galatians 2, verses 16 through 21. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ 
and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. But if, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. For if I build again the things which I destroy, I make myself a transgressor. For I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Much of what we're going to be looking at today is going to center around verse 16, particularly uh, the, the statement that we're justified by the faith of Jesus Christ. There's different ideas and different opinions about this. The general idea is that when an individual believes, that is when God justifies that person, and therefore he is born again, and comes to the light of the knowledge of saving faith. That's the general idea and the general opinion. And if you look at some of this, uh, look at this verse by itself, without looking at the overall teaching of the Scriptures, it's easy to see how one might come to that opinion. However, even as Martin Luther stated, even though he would have affirmed, I believe, to what I have just said, uh, I'm reading his commentary on Galatians as I'm going through it, and I've read uh, other statements, but Luther made this statement, by faith, in faith, of faith, that is those three prepositional phrases, which is in Christ Jesus. In other words, he's saying that, uh, and many other people will say too, that uh, it's not our faith that justifies us. It is the, the meritorious workings of Christ. In other words, it is the person and work of Christ that justifies us meritoriously but instrumentally, we are not justified until we believe. Now, we won't get into all of the ins and outs of what I'm about to say, but I'm going to state my position that I believe that we are justified in the person and work of Christ as ordained by God from all eternity 
And because we are justified in the person and work of Christ, we receive that justification experimentally by faith. In other words, we're all, you can't, uh, I don't, well, I think you're already justified before you believe. Uh, but we'll look at that uh, hopefully a, a little bit more. Now, regarding the matter of justification in relation to faith, allow me to direct your attention to Romans chapter 3 and verse 27. I think this verse is a pivotal verse with regarding to the matter of faith. I might say, while I'm at it, uh, I'll give you where I'm going and then I'll hopefully give you enough uh, proof from the Scriptures as to why I believe this, that faith is nothing more than the work of Christ. But we'll see this as we go further, the Lord willing. Now I want to begin reading at verse 20 of Romans chapter 3 and read through the rest of the chapter in order to set the context of verse 27. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law. In other words, the righteousness of God apart from the law or separate from the law. In other words, the law doesn't give the righteousness of God. What does the law do? It gives the knowledge of sin. See, the law, can't, the law can't justify. The law cannot make you righteous. The only thing the law can do is condemn you. And God uses the law in, sometimes in a believer's life as he is uh, looking uh, for relief. But we'll get to that, the Lord willing, later. Alright, verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, made known, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ, Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time His righteousness that He might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. 
Where is, where, where is boasting then? Is it is excluded. Alright. What, what excludes boasting? It's excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but the law of Christ. Therefore we conclude, excuse me, the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid we establish the law. Now back to verse 27. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. In other words, what we find here is there are there's one there's two laws that is established. One is by the law of works, the other is by the law of faith. In other words, our justification is either by works or by grace. Even Romans chapter 11 and verse 6 makes this statement. And if by grace, then is it no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. And even in Romans chapter 9, verse 16, where it is stated, So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. So regarding the matter of justification, it is essential that we understand these two laws, either the law of works or by the law of faith. Now, the conclusion of the passage in Romans 3.27 is that a sinner is either justified by the righteousness of God without the deeds of the law. Here God clearly established these two laws or these two principles. Now to be clear what I mean by the term principle, I'm going to give the following definition of principle which is what I got from Webster's 1828 or 29 dictionary. And here it is. A fundamental truth. 
a comprehensive law or doctrine from which others are derived or on which others are founded, a general truth, an elementary proposition, a maxim, an axiom, a postulate. So from this definition, our focus is on a fundamental truth, a comprehensive law or doctrine. So we have two laws here, either the law of works or the law of faith. A man by the name of Israel Atkinson wrote in a book on faith back in the 1800s, had this to say, and I think it's a good quote. Here two laws are spoken of in direct and precise terms. It may be observed that according to the one or the other of these laws, every known relation exists between the Creator and the creature, or the divine sovereign and the subject, has been established, and that according to one or the other of these that is law or works, all affairs between man and his maker in every connection between them are conducted. Between God and man there exists no third law of living. If then these laws embrace matters of so high consideration, it will be obvious to understand their nature and to know in what provinces they are in force are sciences of which no man ought to be ignorant and in which the interpreter of scripture and teacher of religion especially should be thoroughly instructed. In other words, we need to comprehend that with regard to justification, it's either by these two laws of works or faith. And if faith is, if a man has to believe before he is justified, then that has made belief a, a work. In other words, he had to do something. Faith says there's no works involved. Ephesians 2 8, that we're justified by faith without works to eight and nine. In Romans three and twenty four we read a few moments ago being justified freely by his grace. And if you've read my book and remember, this word freely means without a cause. We're justified without any reason or any cause in us. Justified freely by His grace. Titus 
chapter 3. Titus 3 and 7 says that being justified by His grace. Now we've already read being justified by faith. Here we read being justified by blood. We read in faith in uh, 3.24. We read justified by faith in Galatians 2.16. Next we want to look at Romans chapter 5 and verse 9. Much more then, being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. And then, as we read and saw in Galatians chapter 2, in verse 17, But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, so you can see in all of these passages, and I could give others, it states being justified by faith, justified by grace, justified by blood, justified by Christ. Now some uh, commentators and preachers and so on say, well, we're justified uh, five different ways. You say, well, you only gave four. Well, they are, then they come along and bring in James 2 when it talks about being justified by works. But we're not looking at that at, at, at this time. Uh, James 2, but uh, anyway, we let, let's put it back with this, with this justified by faith, by blood, by Christ, and, and uh, by blood. What this is saying... In other words, blood, faith, Christ, and grace are not four different things. They're synonyms talking about the same thing. And what is it that justifies a man? Now if we had time, we'd go back to Romans one seventeen, and so on. And, but uh, it's the righteousness of God. The ground of a man's justification is the righteousness of God. Even those who would say that you have to believe before you're justified, uh, while we would differ with them on that point, they agree that justification is by the person and work of Christ. It's by the person and work of Christ. So in these four, uh, in the verses that points out these four different things, like I said, this is these are synonyms in the justification of sinners, and this brings to our attention that justification is by the law or principle of faith. In other what what would that be? Equally, we might say that our justification 
is by the law or principle of blood. By the law or principle of grace. By the law or the principle of Christ. In other words, faith is the word is a word that is used to identify the person and work of Christ. Just like it is if you're justified by blood. What are you talking about justified by blood? We know it's not the blood of the Old Testament because it said the shedding of blood under the Old Testament could never take away sin. So we know it's not that. It's not the shedding of my blood. It's not the shedding of any sinner's blood. It's the shedding of the blood of Christ. And if it's by grace, it's not my grace. It's not any grace that I do. It's the grace of God. Salvation is by the grace of God. And it's through faith. And that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. <coughs> and obviously, without question, when it says we're justified by Christ, it's just talking about Christ. His person and His work. In other words, uh, when we talk about the person and work of Christ, we're talking about His uh, His uh, sinlessness, His impeccability, Him being the Son of God and the Son of Man, Him being uh, the unique person that He was and is. And when we talk about the work, we're talking about Him fulfilling the law to a jot and a tittle. And not only fulfill, fulfilling the law for us, but paying the sin debt by being crucified on the cross and giving up His soul and His blood on our behalf. So we're talking about this principle, this law of faith. We're not talking about something that man does. We're not talking about man's believing. Because as we said, if it's man's believing that justifies us, then it is a mixture of grace and works. But as we read in Romans 11.6, it's either by works or grace. It can't, be, it can't be a combination. It's either by works or it's by grace. As we said before, I'll say it again. If believing is an instrumental cause of justification, then justification is by the law or principle of works. Even when faith is said to be a gift of God at regeneration, and this faith must be exercised by a regenerated person, it's still a work. You remember in uh, in John six twenty nine or five six or five twenty nine talked about what is the work of God. When the Jews asked him that, Jesus said, "This is the work of God that you believe." Now, whether that's man believing or whether it's God working belief in you, either way, the verse states that belief is a work. You can't get around it. Belief is a work. It's something that man does. You say, well, God gives you faith. God does give you faith. 
And you must have faith. But God doesn't believe for you. You, you, you do the believing yourself. You say, well, how does all that work? Give me, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Define that for me. I don't know. I don't know how it all works. I just know God works it that way. Like I've said before, there's a lot of things we can't explain in Scripture. We just have to accept them as they are and move on. Therefore, it matters not if the argument is presented. Justification is by faith, the act of believing, either before or after the new birth. It is according to the law of works, not according to the law of faith, apart from or without works. Remember the law of faith? What's our premise? The law of faith is that the whole person and that it is the whole person and work of Christ. It is not the power or act of believing that is to be understood by faith. But it's the whole principle so designated in opposition to that of works. That's a quote from Israel Atkinson again. Now while, again, let me say this, and it is important, and I'm thankful that those who uh, differ with me on this justification by faith, exactly what it is, that they do make a distinction, though they do not always make it as clearly as I would like for them to. There is a difference in the merit meritorious cause of our justification and the instrumental cause. The meritorious cause, merit, meritorious, that would be uh, by merit. What is the merit? It's the person and work of Christ. Instrumentally, we do receive it by faith. And I agree that we receive it by faith instrumentally. But I do not believe that that's when God justifies us. I believe faith does not create justification. Faith only receives the justification that God has already worked out for us in the person and work of Christ. Now I said all of that <laughs> to lay the groundwork again for looking into verse 16 where it talks about by the faith of Christ, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Now notice we have two principles there again. What are those two principles? Works and faith. Works and faith. So what is this faith of Jesus Christ? Some maintain that the faith of Jesus Christ is nothing more than the faithfulness of Christ. That we're justified by the faithfulness of Christ. Well, that's true. But I don't think that's what this is saying. Others say that the faith of Christ 
justified by the faith of Jesus Christ is our believing. And I don't know how to do this without being somewhat technical. And I ask that you uh, bear with me in this. I'll try to make it as simple as I can. And we won't read all of the different verses that are involved in this. We'll read some of them. But this faith of Jesus Christ in the original language is what's called the objective genitive case. Objective genitive case. Now we find that genitive case throughout this whole second chapter. In verse 7, the gospel of the uncircumcision. That's the genitive. The gospel of circumcision in verse 7. In verse 8, the apostle of the circumcision. Verse 9, the right hands of fellowship. Verse 14, truth of the gospel. Verse 15, no, that's in, yeah, verse 15, sinners of the Gentiles. In other words, sinners of the Gentiles, do the sinners make the Gentiles, do the Gentiles make sinners? Neither one, it's only a descriptive term, see? It doesn't make anything, anyone. No more than the faith of Christ does. Verse 16. Works of the law. <coughs> Verse 16. Faith of Jesus Christ. Verse uh, 16 again. By the works of the law. Verse 17. Now that's a different one. That's a different Greek construction. Verse 21, frustrate, no, that's, uh, yeah, grace, the grace of God, of God is genitive. The faith of Him, that's a, a statement from Ephesians 3.11, I won't turn there. Uh, I studied all of these out somewhat in, in detail. In Acts 13.39, it says that you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Law of Moses. Romans 3.28 Therefore we conclude that a, just, a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Those are in the genitive case. If a man were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory. That's Romans 4 2, but not before God. By works is the genitive. Romans 5 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, the genitive, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Much more being justified by his blood. Romans 5 9, a genitive case there as well. 
And then, as we saw in just in Galatians 2.16, justified by the faith of Christ. Galatians 2.17, justified by Christ. Titus 3.7, being justified by His grace. Objective genitive. Let me give you something, two prepositional phrases that are objective or genitive. And hopefully this will help clarify something. The fear of God. That's a genitive uh, prepositional phrase. Did God make the fear? When we say fear of God, does God cause the fear? See, those that say justified by the faith they're saying the faith causes the justification. If so, then the fear of God, God would cause the fear. Or the fear causes God. That doesn't make sense, does it? Or the love of money. Does money cause the love? No, money doesn't cause the love. Faith of Christ does Christ <clears throat> or believing in Christ. <clears throat> so we can see that this faith again, and I hope I haven't confused you too much. I know there's a lot thrown out in all of this. But we come back to this law or principle of faith. We're either justified by the person and work of Christ or we're justified by works. We're either justified by something somebody does. You say, well, faith is a gift of God. So you're justified by faith. But then they also say that you're not justified until you believe. So they're saying that you're not justified until faith is exercised. And if so, that is something that man has done. And if it's something that man has done, then that's a law of works. That's the principle of works. If one thing has to be added, and that's what was going on here with the Galatians, what is it? They were saying that justification is alright, and what Paul was preaching was alright, but, as we saw in Acts 15.1, they said, unless a man be circumcised, he cannot be saved. They wanted to add circumcision to it. If you add anything to the person and work of Christ, circumcision, baptism, the Lord's Supper, uh, a holy life, church membership, faith, if you add anything to the person and work of Christ, then you have made it a work. You have made it grace and works instead of just grace alone. Or work I mean or blood alone. Or Christ alone. So in summary, though we've summarized it several times. I want to summarize it again. 
by, by faith, by blood, by Christ, and by grace. These four statements are nothing more than synonymous statements or statements that are saying the same thing with different words. As we will see later on in the 6th chapter of Galatians, where Paul said that he gloried in the cross of Christ. Was he glorying in that wooden object? No, he was glorying in the person and work of Christ. You see this that principle, and we we're going to see this print. We will see this principle going forward, over and over and over again. And it's very important that you get this, or you will go through life. By the way, uh, we'll get to this verse uh, later on in Galatians three, but I'll uh, give you a snapshot prior to it, when it says the just shall live by faith. If that, if, if that means that you'll live by your exercising what you do, then your life is going to be a life of turmoil and confusion because one day you'll think you're strong in the faith, the next day you'll think you're weak in faith, and then you'll think, well, I'm not justified at all, because you're going by your feelings and your actions. You don't live by your feelings and your actions. You live by the fact that you are justified in the person and work of Christ. If you get up with a tummy ache, that doesn't mean God has forsaken you. That means you're still living in a sinful body. But you're still just as justified as if you had a mountaintop experience. And if you have a mountaintop experience, you shouldn't be glorying in that. If you have a mountaintop experience, you should be glorying in the person and work of Christ. You've heard me say it time and time again. This, the old song that says, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. But we being the sinners that we are, and we have this constant battle, every child of grace, I believe, has this constant battle According to Romans 7 and what we'll see later on in Galatians 5. We have this constant battle. If I'm feeling good, then God loves me. If I'm feeling bad and everything goes wrong, well, what have I done wrong? The problem is we've got our eyes off of the finished work of Christ on ourselves and on what's going on around us. It is essential that you understand this doctrine of justification. It is the very, not only the heart of the gospel, it is the foundation of all of the principles of Holy Scripture 
and of living a life to the honor and to the glory of Christ. That I am justified in the blood of Christ, in the person and work of Christ, in the faith of Christ, the grace of Christ, the cross of Christ. I am justified in that, not in anything, anything I've done. If I'm, if, I, if I'm believing more today than I was yesterday, I'm not any more justified. And if I'm believing less today than I was yesterday, I'm not any less justified. I am before a thrice holy God not guilty. I am accepted in the Beloved. So you can see the practical application of understanding this doctrine and what it is by faith. And like I said before, I will say this again. Also, faith is the channel whereby we receive experimentally the truth of justification in a personal way. Faith does not create. Faith does not justify. Faith manifests justification just like works manifest justification. When it's talking about in James, justified by works. Was not Abraham justified by works when he offered up Isaac? In other words, Abraham's works showed that he was a justified individual. And as you live by faith, that is living, trusting in the person and work of Christ, not in your believing, not in your feeling, not in what's going good or what's going bad, as you live by your faith, then you're trusting in the person and work of Christ. And therefore you're receiving this truth as you walk by faith. And don't ever forget, I hope I never get tired of saying, and I hope you never get tired of hearing it, because being the sinners that we are, we take our eyes off it too, all too often. You are justified by the righteousness of God, which is the person and work of Christ. It's not your work. You can't do enough good to be righteous. If you were to live the rest of your life and not sin one sin, you still couldn't do away with the sins you've already committed. And if you were to be born and you didn't sin all the days that you lived on this earth, you would still be guilty for falling in Adam. Romans 5.12 Wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin for all have sinned in Adam. You see, beloved, you can't do enough good to
to be justified. And if you were to do all the outward works and say you didn't outwardly commit adultery and you didn't outwardly steal and you didn't outwardly kill anybody, you still got the mind to deal with. Because remember, if you hate your brother without a cause, you're a murderer. If you lust on another that's not your spouse, you're an adulterer. If you desire something that somebody else has and you're, uh, you wish you had what they had, and so you're covetous. You know, Paul said, I had not known sin except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. Because outwardly, Paul kept the law. You remember in Philippians, 3, uh, 2, uh, Philippians 1, where he, uh, Philippians 2, I believe, where he said, uh, I might be 3, where Paul said, That's touching the law, he was blameless. But when he saw his heart, he realized he wasn't blameless. So the ground of our justification is the righteousness of God which was accomplished by the person and work of Christ. I'm going to say that over and over and over again. I hope you dream about it in your night. And while we do not have time to open this up, You must ever remember that according to Hebrews, well, I'm going to return there, Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7. Verse 22. If we had time, we'd read more, but by so much was Jesus made a surety of a better covenant. When was Jesus made a surety of the covenant? Was it when I believed? No. Was He made a surety when He died on the cross? No. He was a surety of the covenant. And when was the covenant established between God and the Son? In eternity past. He was a surety. Of whom was He a surety? His people. In other words, God always looked to Christ for our justification. Profound, is it not? That God set His love upon you? Why should He set His love upon you and not another? Because it seemed good in His sight. Well, can you give me more details about it? No, I can't. Because He loved Jacob not when He tricked Esau, not when he wrestled with God and became a prince. He loved Jacob before he had done any good or evil. He hated Esau, Romans 9, before he had done any good or evil. 
So you see, it all resides in God. You say, well, tell me more about it. Why would He do this and, and not the other? Because it seemed good in His sight. Man, who are you to question God? We have to leave the secret things that belong to Him unto Him. I can give you a, 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 a thousand. If I, probably if I could uh, had enough gumption, I could give you a million reasons why He should have passed me by. But thank God, in His sovereign mercy, He loved me. And He set His love upon me. And He justified me by the law and the principle of faith, which is the person and work of Christ, not by any works that I have done or have not done. Hallelujah. We have a great Savior, beloved. We have a great Savior. Well, we'll stop with that. Lord willing, we'll come back uh, to this this afternoon. Take up basically in verse 19, I think. But I hope you never lose sight of your justification. That's the person and work of Christ. And the Scripture talks about justified by faith, justified by blood, justified by uh, 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 grace, justified by Christ. It's all saying the same thing. Don't make it more complicated than what it is. Don't try to say God has four different ways of justifying. Or that you're justified four different ways. Or you're justified five different ways. No, beloved, we are justified in the finished work of Christ. Our faith and our works manifest our justification. But they do not make our justification. We need to keep that in mind. And I need to uh, do something that I should have done before I got started. Anyway, <laughs> let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before You and thank You for Your grace and for Your mercy. We thank You for Your faith or for the blood of Christ. We thank You for working faith in us. We thank You for loving us before the world began. Christ being our surety. And that You always looked at us in Him. We do not know how to work out all the details of what we have just said. But what we have said is what the Scriptures teach. So instead of trying to unsolve the mystery... Bless us to revel in the truth to Your honor and to Your glory. In Jesus' name, Amen.